on today's episode, we are talking about the oh-so-common topic of boundaries. This will be one of many discussions, but we're going to just start um, diving into this topic with this episode. Boundaries. We all have them, but sometimes they suck. So let's talk a little bit about what boundaries even are. I mean, I can't tell you the number of times that I have come into contact with professionals or unprofessionals, if you will, who don't understand the concept of boundaries, don't know what boundaries are. And sometimes even people who they understand the concept of boundaries, but they've never had a word for it or been able to really put it into a specific category. Um... So in doing some quick pre-research in order to, you know, make sure that we can provide you with the best content, the most uh, clear content, I was trying to find a way to best explain what a boundary is. And so we're actually, um, I'm quoting from a website from verywellhealth.com on setting boundaries, and we will link that in the show notes. Um, But they described a boundary as the limits of the appropriate behavior between people. And I think that is just the most accurate and concise description that I've heard of a boundary, especially since it is completely open for interpretation. I feel like we've all heard like various definitions, and I feel like to your point, the best definition is the shortest and the clearest. And I think it's interesting that it's limits is the word that they use. Like there is a too much and a too little and a, it's like the, what is that nursery? Not the rhyme, but the story of like Goldilocks and the three bears, too hot, too cold, just right. And so I feel like that's kind of like in this vein of things. So that's a great definition. Well, I think it's, it's also a great definition because it doesn't explicitly say what is and isn't okay. Because if you, if you look at boundaries, they're A, they're different for different people, but B, they're not always black and white. And I think that's a great segue into the story that I have. I found this great article that gives a gives an, a real life example of boundaries between different people and why they're important for people who have, you know, a clear understanding of the norms, if you will, the normal kind of boundaries, and why even if you have a clear understanding of boundaries, you probably still need to make them clear to other people. Because once again, it's the people who lack boundaries or lack self-awareness or understanding of what is appropriate in whatever setting it's those people that make you have to set boundaries because as um as we had said prior to the show you know both of us are relatively self-aware and aware of other people and their boundaries like if I'm making someone uncomfortable then I'm going to try to back off from whatever I'm doing that's making them uncomfortable that's not the case for everyone so this is a great um a great little story from a website that we'll link below. It's called Live Well with Sharon Martin. So this article that I found about boundaries, I thought it would be a great example for us to use in 
you know, spotting boundaries in everyday life. And the overview, we'll, we'll link it, but the overview is that there are two neighbors and let's call them Bill and Sarah. And Sarah comes every morning and brings Bill his paper to his front porch. Has never asked Bill about it, just does it. And then on her way back, he'll she'll pick a couple of flowers from his flower beds. Now, Bill finds this very irritating and doesn't appreciate it, which personally I can understand. However, boundaries can be a spectrum, so maybe Sarah thinks it's totally okay behavior and thinks she's being helpful. Um, but Bill just wants to get his own paper. Um, so yeah, I understand that. Like, let me get my own paper. But then it escalates where Chris hasn't said anything. Chris? To, uh, sorry. <laughs> it says Chris in here. Oh. Um, but Sarah's doing this and Chris is just not saying anything about it. But then it really comes to a head when he comes home from work one day and finds her kids in his front yard yelling screaming toys thrown everywhere like they own the place um juice boxes on his step they're trampling through his gardens needless to say he got very upset well sarah it, you would think most people would see this as an unacceptable situation like sarah should not have let her kids do this yada yada um but in this instance, the article I think is so great because it's explaining technically, like if you really want to look at boundaries and boundary setting, Bill is still wrong because he didn't set the boundary to begin with. And in reading this, my first thought was boundaries aren't for people who have boundaries. Boundaries are for the people who don't have boundaries, who aren't respectful of other people and their space and their time and their possessions. Like when you look at, let's talk about like rule books or rules at work. Usually those rules have been put into place because someone didn't do something they were supposed to. That maybe most people thought, oh, well, this is a normal thing. You you shouldn't cuss your client out. That shouldn't have to be a rule. But for people who don't have proper boundaries, maybe they think that's okay behavior. So I know, Jordan, when we were looking at this article, you were getting really ramped up about it because from your perspective, Bill did nothing wrong. You were saying that both were like at fault. And I'm not saying that that's not correct. I'm just hearing it as this neighbor, Sarah, is crossing all sorts of lines. And the guy never asked her, hey, can you help me out by bringing my paper? And hey, like, I have these beautiful flowers, but I have so many. Take one if you want. Like, he never asked for anything. He never offered anything. He's just minding his own business, doing his own thing. And suddenly it's not just she's like kind of going over the boundary, but to the point where she's also not managing her kids and they're causing damage as well. And the other thing that I was thinking is in this story, there's only one person who is like, I've read the the book Boundaries um, by like Townsend and Cloud and all the all the different authors of that we'll book put a, we'll put a link in the what is it the show notes in the sh we'll put a link in the show notes for a few things um but they talk about like definitions of boundaries and they kind of equate it to like a fence line and so like sarah is going over this fence line he's not even like towing up to her line he's not like 
making assumptions on his part. But in the scenario, and I'm just playing devil's advocate because I want to make very clear, I'm 120% with you. I would have been pissed. Because the the little bit that I know about gardening from, you know, observing others. You can't just fix it. You have to regrow. Is that it takes so much work to build an actual garden, like not even like an amazing one, like a decent one. It takes time. It takes money. It takes patience. It takes figuring out a schedule. Like that's no small thing. And so for someone to like, if, if this story was just simply, she gave him his papers, he could have caused to be like, that's great and all, but no, thank you. I don't need you to do that. But she is like, the story just gets worse and worse and worse. Not only is she, like, it starts by assuming that he's fine with her doing this neighborly, friendly thing, and then her kids are destroying property. I'm like, manage your kids and step <laughs> back. He did not ask for this. Now you're just full-on destroying things. Like, you need to give her an apology. <laughs> Rachel's laughing. <laughs> but, like, you need to apologize on so many levels and then get your kids to rebuild that garden. Like, it's, she's just going so crazy about it and he's not in my mind like the story is showing that he has not done any action positively or negatively against her he's just doing his own thing and I'm like why should he need to like I hate that she has put him in the position to even have to say something like have some self-awareness here people that's not what he wants and so I'm like, the fact that she is so overboard on this that he has to, like, say, hey, I have to speak up about this. I'm frustrated on his behalf. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, again, I'm 100% on board with you. But the reason I bring this article up and this story up is because it really made me aware of something that I hadn't delved delved dived delved into um delved delved because you're you're sitting here you're saying she's crossing this fence line she's crossing it she's crossing it but the pro the issue on his end the reason that he's quote unquote wrong also is because he never set the fence line he never indicated the fence line and that's when i think there are certain social constructs in this area. And when you have neighbors, I don't think you should assume anything of what you should or shouldn't be doing, like, with them or to them. Once again, like, like we've talked about, boundaries. It's fully my, my belief that boundaries, rules, whatever, laws, all those things are put into place because of the people who are acting I don't want to say acting negative like things that you would think are common sense like hey, or don't not <laughs> common yes. as what you've said common sense is not common no it's not like hey we're having to put a new workplace this isn't this hasn't happened at our workplace but like example workplace policy is don't eat a lunch that isn't yours okay that shouldn't have to be said should not have to be if said you, if you do not bring that lunch do not eat that lunch <laughs> but policies and rules like that have to be put in place because of the people who knowingly or unknowingly think it's okay to not do it or don't think they'll get caught or whatever but the point being I was really taken aback because I was like this article is totally correct if he didn't very clearly maybe there's an invisible property line and if he didn't 
you know, put up a fence or put down stakes or do something to show very clearly, this is my line, i.e. his boundary, then unfortunately that does leave it open for other people to interpret his boundary if it hasn't been made clear. Sort of like, again, not that I agree because this is common sense in my opinion, but you can't expect someone to like mind read your feelings or your thoughts. So it's safer, I guess, all of this to say you have to be accountable for yourself. And what is it I always say at work? Assume people are stupid. So assume, assume other people are stupid and make your boundaries clear. I'm like over here like envisioning a scenario when this guy like literally the neighbor starts off with just grass and sidewalks in between and she sees him out there one day building his little fence and then putting a little like code locky thing that she can't mm-hmm, even get mm-hmm. into. And then, Which I, I now realize is past progressive. But I'm like, he's like, this is my turf. You have to either be let in or I can give you the code unless you decide to scale the wall. But like, no, this is my Sarah space. Sarah Wood. Sarah Wood. She'd be out there with her ladder. She'd be like, hey, Bill, I noticed you put up this fence and I couldn't get in. Um, Do you want me to help you take it back down? No, Sarah, I want you to stay out. So, sorry. (laughs) Sometimes there are people that it's just, it doesn't matter if you have made the boundaries clear or not. They want to cross them. They're like, boundaries, what is that? I don't have any. You shouldn't either. And that's when you know you should probably stay away from that person. Sometimes you don't have a choice because you work with them. Boundaries <laughs> is just such a... Hot topic. It's a hot button topic. And I feel like you really don't realize how much a boundaries has been crossed until some really like inflamed situation happens. Mm-hmm. And I guess I kind of live in my, my quote-unquote own reality of I just have certain assumptions of here is the average kind of preference of what people might want and so sometimes I will ask like you know if you are interested in this or if you want to we can do this or we cannot do that and so I'm going to offer that idea to them but I hope that I don't assume what people are going to want to do but that's because you're most likely you're rarely the person with the boundary problem I have found the people that at least in my experience I, I have to set boundaries so that people who lack boundaries or lack understanding or respect of other people's or their own boundaries, those are the people I have to set my boundaries with. I could go into, well, actually, you know, this isn't a work, this isn't a work story, so I could go into some stories, you know, in my little, in my little neighborhood, in my little RV neighborhood. Um, luckily, this neighbor that, uh, I'm not going to say names or anything, but it was a neighbor that I found to be very uncomfortable uh, because he had a complete lack of self-awareness and no boundaries. Um, It crossed my boundaries. Like, please don't come knock on my door at random times on random days. We are not friends. It just mind blowing things that I brought. I brought scenarios to other friends of, hey, this person knocked on my door drunk to apologize for something that I did that he like didn't wave at me like is that weird to you that was weird to me Uh, apparently yes that is a weird that I was not the only one to think that that was abnormal and yeah I think that's a a sign that you can realize that 
a boundary has been crossed and that something is haywire when you have to ask someone, is it just me or was that actually a weird scenario? And I, I've done that recently, um, asking someone if I'm, I've noticed these, you know, these either conversations or just not even full on conversations, but just these different kind of situations that have come up and they all have this theme of, I felt weird in those situations and am I missing something? And that person was like, nope, nope. And I, I have had the same experiences and I feel weird about that too. So if you find yourself going, is it just me? It's probably not just you. So I hope you, I hope you enjoyed that little story and our kind of discussion around it. Um, you know, obviously in, as Jordan said, it can be a real hot button topic because again, boundaries are not necessarily black and white for everyone. Like some people, this is the boundary. Other people, uh, okay, like they picked my flowers. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be rude and say something like that I think we can agree like both of us would be like I don't want to be the rude person to say like don't pick my flowers um but if it gets to be an issue then it's kind of that point where you step in the number of people that really don't see an issue with poor or no boundaries is astounding and I also think I think that there are those people that genuinely they don't see anything wrong with not having boundaries and that that's a whole other thing we could get into like why that is and family stuff and blah 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 but we're just gonna go ahead and skip over that and say that they exist but I also think on the other end of that there are people who know that the boundaries exist and they are banking on other people not saying anything about them crossing the boundaries like someone taking their lunch if they're like, oh, Jordan's not going to say anything um, because she's too nice or whatever else. She's not going to, she's not going to, you know, come to me and accuse me of anything. So I'm just going to eat her lunch. Which. I'm like the gall of whoever that person would be. Like, the, like if that is your motivation of, oh, this person is so nice or they're not going to notice. So I'm going to do it. Or I'm going to do this thing because I won't get caught doing it. They're not going to care. Mm-hmm. Like you're abusing that. So it's good intentions versus bad intentions. It's not like Sarah from the story probably had the best of intentions. And maybe she she wouldn't care if Bill came over and ruined her yard. But going by the story, she probably has a really crappy yard that needs to be mowed and doesn't have any pretty flowers. So poor Bill, who's spent all this time. But anyway, I'm not going to go on that rant again. But you know, point being, Sarah maybe was coming from like a kind place and Bill was trying to come from a kind place as well, but he was trying to not be rude and she thought she was doing him, we're just making assumptions, she thought she was doing him a favor and neither of them saw anything wrong with their behavior. Again, I think that story was a great example of boundaries and different degrees of boundaries, but at the end of, at the end of the day, I think we can take a general consensus of most people understand what is and isn't okay in general regardless you decide what you're okay with in your boundaries and that's for setting your own boundaries keep in mind that you can only be responsible for your own boundaries and you still need to be respectful of others so in this instance Sarah is crossing a bunch of Bill's boundaries 
it's A, Bill's responsibility to set his boundaries, and B, Sarah's responsibility to respect Bill's boundaries. And so I think that I think that was what was really triggering for you, Jordan. Now that I've had, you know, 10 minutes to process this story, <laughs> I'm like in a much calmer place now. You know what? I've gone through all the, you know, what, like the, the stages of grief or denial <laughs> or something. Once again, like you decide what you're okay with. You, you decide your boundaries and then preferably respect other people's boundaries. So Bill, really the only way that he was in the wrong was by not saying, hey, please don't pick my flowers. Please don't bring my paper to the door. Shouldn't have to be said, but I better understand what my boundaries are and how to handle setting those and sometimes resetting and resetting and resetting those boundaries with other people so how do you enforce something that you don't even know so knowing what your boundaries are you're gonna have to know those before you can enforce them um you may not know that a boundary has been crossed until you have this like sense or this like feeling in your gut of like something is off I have been kind of pricked or rubbed wrong or that hit me wrong. Mm-hmm. And I st- and it may take you an hour, a day, a week to like realize what that thing was. But sometimes you just have that kind of like sense in your gut of something rubbed me the wrong way in whatever fashion that looked like. And you may have to take a moment to realize what that was. Totally agree. And really, the only thing I have to add to that is sometimes it takes years and years and decades to realize that something wasn't okay or that a boundary is, was crossed. And I feel like in a therapy office, that's something that we end up seeing a lot of is, you know, as a kid, you didn't necessarily know that XYZ thing was crossing a boundary. The bottom line is you may not know for a long time that a boundary was crossed. I think for some how you were raised and what was deemed as appropriate or inappropriate in whatever circumstance becomes your normal and it's only until after the fact when you're not in that environment it could be a sports team it could be some sort of club you're in could be between friends could be family could be extended family could be financial there's so many areas obviously boundaries sweep everything but it could take you going into a different scenario to then basically compare whether intentionally or unintentionally and then realize wait a second I assumed that that was normal but now this new iteration feels so much healthier that that previous iteration actually wasn't normal and I didn't know that you hit the nail on the head absolutely absolutely it just came to me I'm just so smart (laughs) like that I think that there are some people who are actually naturally very good at boundaries. I think we all have our skill set. And so there is going to be some of you out there that it just either it's just part of your personality to um, know what your capacity level is and to be able to be um, bold or speak up about what you can and can't do. Um, or it may come out of necessity that if you have to go pick up your kids at 4.30 every day, you literally cannot allow a conversation at work to continue, a meeting to extend. You can't check your inbox one more time. You have to leave at a certain time because you have this outside of your work life 
responsibility and so you out of necessity it may it may be you give yourself a five minute lead time to like let the conversation come to an end or just like whir down and wrap up but you have to put that line on the scene and say I can no longer continue this conversation I have to go so it can just be across the board and then over time you may just get better at it and it may come more naturally to you and if so that is awesome so and I think that is a great um a great starter into one of our kind of examples that we had talked about when we were bringing up the topic of boundaries um you can have too strong of boundaries or you can have too flexible of boundaries where maybe you're the yes person where you rarely really put down boundaries even if it's you know hurting your mental or emotional health even if it's um over scheduling even if you really need time off or you have other responsibilities being a yes person when you don't push back when you help too much like that can be a bad thing that can hurt you and it can make other people dependent on you yeah with what Rachel's saying about kind of the yes versus the no person what um what is helpful to me in identifying those who have good boundaries or those who may not have good boundaries is how often you find that you are receiving the answer of yes versus how often you're receiving the answer of no and so specifically with the yes you may find that they are saying yes to anything whether it's a friend and they you want to hang out with them or a request that you're making of someone and and hey what about this what about that oh yeah we can do that oh yes we can do that to the point where you kind of you assume you know I think with past performance or whatever they're probably going to say yes but then it also shows of you know there's got to be a point where it would make sense for them to say no it would make sense that there's some sort of block of they are not available or they don't have the resources for that request Um, but you just you may often find that with whatever you're asking for or or wanting it's always allowed and I think a great example of being a yes person like in regards to the story we talked about earlier is let's say that Bill again Bill has flowers and Sarah actually asks this time hey Bill can I um can I have some of can I pick some of these flowers so if Bill's being a yes person even though he doesn't want her to pick the flowers because she asked him if she could he's saying yes so in that instance he's not having good boundaries the yes person is when it's they are harming their own boundaries at the behest of someone else like maybe they really bill loves his flowers and he doesn't want sarah to pick them but he doesn't know how to say no it made me think about um it's not that funny it's just because <laughs> <laughs> i was thinking about who is someone who like it's like bill if if these flowers mean so much to him he so badly just wants to appease her that it's so uncomfortable for her or to for him to say sure and so the reason I slipped and said her is because I'm thinking of in Schitt's Creek when and I hopefully I don't ruin this for anyone who hasn't watched it yet but um what season is it from do you know uh is it the end of the first season or is it the end of the second season well 
because I haven't explained it yet. But that's anyway. <laughs> like, there's no reason I you don't would because I've know only watched yet. like four episodes. <laughs> you haven't gotten there yet. So anyway, I read your mind, Jordan. I read your mind. Apparently not. You couldn't think of it. <laughs> So one of the characters gets a marriage proposal and as sweet as the offer is, it's just simply not what this lady wants to do. And so I believe she says, either she says yes or she she says that she has to think about it and then she keeps kind of implying that it's a yes and then there's a point where she has to like finally, there's a scene where she's like literally she's like cringing like her body is just like morphing into this uncomfortable contortion because she doesn't want to make him upset or whatever but she knows that she cannot say to this marriage proposal and it's just like I feel it I feel it in my bones like (laughs) it just when you don't want to like let that person down like this guy is so sweet but it's not the right decision for her and she's let on that it's more of a yes than a no kind of in my opinion but she has to tell him no and she has to reject him and just the way they played is obviously hilarious but that's what made me that's what I was thinking of confrontation and honesty it made me think of condensation nuclei But I think that's I think that's why boundaries can be so hard for people, um, because you do have to be like confrontational. That sounds like such an aggressive word, but you have to put the boundary down. When did saying no become such a terrible thing? Well, I have a whole opinion on that that we're, we'll have to talk about in a different show about how women Your in the South came out. <laughs> <laughs> my South Carolina's coming out. How women in the South are raised. You're just, you're supposed to do whatever makes everybody feel most comfortable. Definitely in the South, you're taught to, as a woman, you're taught to do what makes everyone feel the most comfortable. Don't be impolite. Um, But I can very firmly say that I am the rude one in my family. I'm the rude sibling. I'm not the nice sibling. And I fully embrace that um, because I am very happy to I don't in I can't say that I enjoy it but the number of times that I have seen someone be walked all over because they're trying to be polite and then they're miserable no 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 life is short and then you die and I'm not going to be miserable because someone else asked for something that I didn't want to give them rant over (laughs) a to the man (laughs) um so I think you did a great job explaining what a yes person is a no person, we may have differing views on it. I really see a no person as someone whose boundaries are so firm and so set that there's there's no flexibility. There's no, um, maybe you never ask this person for help. And then one time you ask them, I'm really stuck. I don't understand how to do this. And I told you I'm not going to help you or I don't have time. Like to the point where it it is a negative it's harmful to them and other people when I I don't want to be cheesy and be like be a team player because oftentimes that breeds yes people but there's also a level of be a you know try to be a respectful kind co-worker if if I have a coworker come to me that never asks for help or rarely asks for help or they have a really serious situation Absolutely. If I'm able to put, you know, put on hold what I'm doing and they need help, 
I feel like that's what you do because one day you might need help also. That's being like a kind and considerate person. It's both. It's so that they can be able to help you in the future, but also to, like you, you care about that person. You want good for them. And if you can help in this more like urgent or bigger scenario, then you want to be able to help them. And I, I think from my perspective, I, I would think that, cause I've definitely met people who are no people, um, And I think it can be very isolating. And speaking from my own experience, where I've been in situations like I've I've had um, a verbally abusive significant other, I know thereafter I really overcorrected my behavior of like my boundaries were so hard and so firm that it was like almost pushing other people. If does that kind of does that make good sense of like I would push my boundaries on other people because they had been broken down and shoved and you know for so long that I wasn't allowed to have boundaries. So I would say being a no person, just like being a yes person, they can be equally harmful to yourself and other people. So on, I I just realized there was kind of another aspect of the no person that I've experienced that I hadn't talked about. And I feel like once I start explaining this, then you'll be like, oh, I know a lot more no people than I thought. So in my personal experience, the no person, I've also found them to... As I said before, I think of it as like overcorrecting. I find that they have in some areas like ext- extremely strong, like overcorrecting boundaries to the point where it's aggressive. And then on the flip side, in other areas, they have very poor or no boundaries. And and maybe they just haven't found boundaries are new to them or they're in a situation like I was where they're relearning their own boundaries or any any number of things that I found that the no people they they just like the yes people also don't have good boundaries and it's often one area it's really really strong too strong of boundaries total inflexibility and then in another area it's like no boundaries or poor boundaries it's very much an extreme I found that oftentimes, like I said, no people, they just, maybe they don't quite understand boundaries for whatever reason. They didn't have the choice of setting their own boundaries. Someone else was navigating those for them. Like it could be any scenario. So to sum all of that up, the yes person versus the no person on the outside, they may look very different on the outside. They may look very opposite, but internally, they're both really struggling with boundary setting And even if they know what's okay with boundaries. I think that for some people, they may not mean to be yes people or to be no people. They're just trying to figure out how to put down their boundaries, but their execution needs some work. That's so perfectly said. Absolutely agree. Like what's appropriate? How firm should I be? Mm. Okay, I'm going to be extra firm over here because I didn't set this boundary strong enough I usually think of that as like I'm like okay you're you're setting the wrong boundaries <laughs> like you have no mat like just an example yeah, this yeah. isn't a real person but like you have no boundaries with your uh with your mom you have zero boundaries but then with your uh husband you tell him no all the time and every single day and you know your poor your poor husband is 
being like shafted or your mom is getting all your time you, you see yeah, what i'm saying it, like it's one of those things where it, it it may not be yeses in every area of your life and it may not be no's in every area of your life but it's it's just kind of bent a little bit and so like there may be things where one person gets yeses all the time and someone else gets no's all the time boundaries da, 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 da. they suck <laughs> And I think we can kind of like wrap up this opening by saying like obviously and clearly no one is perfect at, at being able to execute boundaries and execute them in a way that they intend well. And we're all hopefully trying to improve ourselves. <laughs> I was going to say not everybody. <laughs> hopefully most people are trying to improve themselves for the sake of their own selves and their own health but then for the people around them. So if you can be better at boundaries, that is going to positively affect the people around you. And they're going to be like, good, I'm glad that they either finally, you know, said yes and let up a little bit or that they actually said no and they like held their ground on something. Mm -hmm. So hopefully we're all trying and we're all wanting to be better at this and it just takes time. So allow yourself that. And I think kind of a final thought with that that I have is to know that for some seasons, you may have to have a lot of boundaries. And for other seasons, you may be a bit more open to what you can do. So it's something that is just always a work in progress, something that always ebbs and flows. So give yourself grace for that. And like just it's some trial and error. But just because you had more boundaries in one season and then you realize that you're in this new season and you don't have to have as many you may freak out a little bit and go this something feels weird um but maybe you have greater capacity or things have changed or whatever so I don't think that boundaries just stay in one place for your whole life um you also may just get better at them and so you're just naturally operating in that that it feels like you don't it doesn't feel as hard to do we're going to talk about three types of statements that you might hear in the workplace that could include or imply or provide a lack of boundaries. And then we're going to give you three statements that you'll hear for someone who has good boundaries. So basically what it might sound like to have good or bad boundaries in the workplace. The first three, how about you hit us off with that? Okay, so we, like Jordan said, we did name these. Um, the first one we like to call the lack of accountability. And that may sound like, hey, could you take care of this task for me? I just couldn't get to it. I didn't write this down in our notes, but weaponized incompetence. Weaponized incompetence. Look it up if you don't know what it is. I'm going to try to explain it. So weaponized incompetence is where you take where a person takes the idea of them being incompetent incompetent at something. And I say the idea of because oftentimes when, when quote-unquote incompetence in something is weaponized, it's not that they're incompetent. It's not that they don't know how to do it. It's that they don't want to, so they're going to turn it around and use it against you. For example, and I don't know how many people this is going to trigger, but let's say that husband doesn't want to do the dishes he hates doing dishes and wife likes them a particular way. So he purposefully does them wrong every time that he does them. And 
he purposefully does them so that the wife will come in and take over. And now he is out of dish duty. He no longer has to do it. That is weaponized incompetence. And unfortunately, I have seen it in the workplace many times. It can get you out of a lot of stuff, but it's really terrible boundaries because you are being super rude to other people. Like that's just not okay. The next one is kind of the opposite of that, the always available. So it's that person that doesn't matter what they're doing. If it's the middle of the night, maybe not the middle of the night, depends. But they're going to answer, oh, it's 8 o'clock and the workday ended at 5 and they're still answering your text or email. Your urgency is not my emergency. So if someone screwed up, you see many, many times the person that is the lack of accountability and the person that is the always available you'll see them cross paths quite a bit because there's a person that doesn't want to take care of their stuff and there's the person who doesn't know how to say no and so they're going to do the other person's stuff. Interesting. Again, that's just that's just from what I've seen is the person who is willing to put off their responsibility or what or tasks or whatever on someone else. It can only be put on someone else if that other person is willing to take it on or isn't I mean, you're willing if you're not saying no unfortunately it is your responsibility to set the boundary there so being the always available you should not always be available the third statement is the oversharer I'm going to go ahead and raise my hand that's me I am the oversharer I like to think that I give an appropriate amount of oversharing um I like to think that I gauge the people that I'm around in the situation. Like I spend many hours every week for more than two years with Jordan. And so she knows a lot more about my life than our clinicians because we are together a lot. And even being an oversharer, I have met people that I consider oversharers. It just makes me think of um, an experience that we both had separately with the same person who we were asking them questions and this lovely lady like very sweet very kind almost didn't know how to take a breath and I had to in my experience I had to start cutting her off because she would literally um because y'all let her talk and she talked for 35 minutes straight apparently and there's just a point of it's I mean it's one thing to like share details, but you, I think you need to have some self-awareness as far as like just this person of when your audience knows enough, when you can, like when they're, are they still paying attention to you? <laughs> um, so it, I mean, you can overshare in five minutes, you can overshare in an hour, like that part doesn't matter, but it's just being aware of your audience, being aware of where you're at. Um, but when you find that you're listening to someone and it's not just, oh, how was your weekend? Oh, I did X, Y, and Z. But then there's just certain details that they'll share that you're going, that's that's like extra detail. And that's <laughs> there's a certain level of personal that, that that's a higher level of personal than I needed to know. And so to Rachel's point, like there are going to be some people at work that – you can talk with them for hours and you it's fine. And there's going to be some people that you kind of just keep it to the point and then you just go along your merry way. So in the midst of you talking about like, you know, we were joking, I'm already an oversharer. So like it takes a lot for someone else to overshare and for me to be uncomfortable with it. And I know I've run into a few people where they're telling me I, I don't know them well. 
I don't spend a lot of time with them or instances where I've been a new coworker and I'm just finding out intimate details of their life that are just really inappropriate in the setting. And then you feel uncomfortable because you're talking with this new coworker and they're sharing some details and you don't want to uh, like kind of stifle any sort of working relationship and you don't want to cut off that like getting to know you phase but you're starting to feel uncomfortable and you know that you got to just draw a line in the sand and it's just it's it's really early to have to have that kind of conversation well I think Jordan if you want to talk about yeah there are three phrases or three kind of areas that you'll notice as someone who has good boundaries will Defend their turf, so to speak. Um, so one is the polite pushback. So it could sound something like, thank you for reaching out with your question. Um, I actually have some emergent tasks today, but I will be able to respond uh, with an answer tomorrow. You are acknowledging their question. My time right now is already accounted for. I'm not saying no, I'm just saying later. And then you're telling them when they can expect you to um follow up with them. So when you kind of have that pushback of basically just not right now, you'll you'll hear that. I was just thinking of some great examples for that first one of when it is super helpful to use the polite pushback. It is great to use the polite pushback with some with someone who has, you know, that lack of accountability um, because if they are trying to push something on you, and they have a deadline that's saying your urgency is not my emergency you are saying I'll help you with that but it's going to be on my terms and oftentimes that doesn't work for them they want it on their terms so I feel like that's kind of the polite pushback is a double whammy because you are not saying you're not going to help them but you're saying we're going to do it on my terms and that person doesn't like it I think that there are going to be times when there may be some guilt in pushing back yes and then they respond back with like some like extra you know you know this is really important like here's all these reasons why if you could just spend five minutes like if they push back again you kind of have to enter the space of what are you willing to do but I think kind of a bigger thought and concept with that is at the end of the day when it comes to work and professional life, in my opinion, you're not your first priority there is not to make best friends. Your first priority there is to get your work done and to have quality work come from you. And so if they are unhappy with an answer or a decision that you have made and you know that it's not anything personal, it is just you giving your boundaries, you have to be able to take on whatever emotions from their side but at the end of the day you were co-workers first and that is your decision and that's something that they can choose to respect or not so as you were talking on that subject you went so much deeper than I had even thought of and it was just really blowing my mind because it was like thank you very much (laughs) it was so insightful of you're absolutely right there's so many times where someone who is that lack of accountability person or the person who you know is always trying to get help or thinks that their emergency should be your emergency so much of the time they're not willing to stop at just one no from you or just one pushback and you're like if you're anything like me or Jordan if it's already a difficult 
situation for you to be pushing back you've already expended all of this energy and anxiety and everything else like trying to you know perfectly phrase or word how am I going to nicely say no to them and set this boundary and then they come back at you and you're like I don't know what to do anymore um but something that really popped back into my mind that I had learned in a class previously on working with people was what you allow is what will continue and the first time that I heard that it blew my mind because I was like that is absolutely right so I if you walk away with anything today from this podcast what you allow is what will continue you can you can look at it from like a more five put foot perspective or a thousand foot perspective um or just kind of it's it's there are just so many decisions that you make throughout the day that figuring out how to respond to someone is like those emotional decisions to a point and so like yes you can be you know pushing back and like simply saying I can't do this and for the most part people may go oh great no problem but if you have someone who is consistently pushing back it takes time to decide and sit in and be comfortable with the fact of someone not being happy with you and that may sound so like (laughs) well no duh like I don't care what they think but you might you might go oh but it sounds like they're kind of getting upset with me that I'm not helping them but it's not my issue to take up I'm simply trying to complete my project and it's just a stand that you have to take So something that I, because my previous role was in uh, being an executive assistant and now I'm more focused on billing and insurance. So I'm in a group on Facebook that is like an executive assistant group. I cannot tell you the number of times, it blows my mind, the number of times that someone is asking for advice on how to handle a boss specifically a boss with terrible boundaries so when you're talking about oh some people may this may not bother them like just putting this question out there because it's going to be a different answer for everyone but what do you do when it's someone who has authority over you that is pushing your boundaries it's one thing to have these boundary pushing with coworkers, but when it comes from anyone above you that's it's a kind of a different set of skills to be able to have that communication with them So with that being said, the next one is the silent pushback. And this is not that it's the opposite of the polite pushback. It's just nothing. Different version. (laughs) It's a a different iteration. So um, it's more so when it's outside of your working hours. But if someone texts you when you are not on the clock, you are completely allowed to not respond to them and then happily respond to them either the next day if it's a business day or you know that following Monday and get right back to them they can wait they can be able to sit in that for a little bit I think this just from my experience I think this is a great tactic to take when you are working with you had touched on before when you're dealing with a situation where the person doesn't take the first no so just don't answer at all. If they're asking for help on something and you know that it's going to be, if it's something that's going to become like a whole thing of they're going to be upset and they're going to push and it's going to, basically, if it's going to sit here and take up way more of my time rather than just taking that no, because no is a full sentence, if it's just going to, what's the word I'm looking for, snowball, then it's very possible that I'm just going to choose the silent pushback and just not engage at all. 
And then the last one is the redirect. Um, it's basically if someone is asking something of you that it may just be entirely outside of your job description and outside of what you're willing and able to do, um, is you can say something like, I am unable to devote my time to assist you. Here's a resource that can help you. So if and so as you hear people say, um, I I can't do that for you, but you know, I I read a book that could help, or here's a website, or here's a resource, it's their polite way of saying, No, I'm not gonna do that. I think this is especially effective in the long run when you're working with someone who uh, like I talked about before someone who is trying to weaponize incompetence now I've worked with people who like I've worked with my sister and bless her heart technology is just like not her thing but then there are other people that I've worked with and Jordan I'm sure that you like you can agree with me on this where they approach it as, oh gosh, I don't know how to do this thing. Can you do it for me? Or they don't want to put the time or effort into going and finding the answer themselves because they know that you already have it. So instead of them doing the work, once again, that account- lack of accountability, they're, instead of them doing any kind of work, they're just going to be like, oh, well, she'll know and she'll help me. So I'm just going to put this off on her. Hey, will you find this answer for me? I know that it's inconvenient for you. I've literally, ha- I've literally had people say, hey, I know you're busy, but can you do this thing? I, I don't know if I can even like put into words how that just really puts me over the edge of you you literally are telling me that you are aware you're aware that I am busy and I have a job to do and I have a lot on my plate but you still believe that whatever you need is more important it also comes down to a lack of respect and for them to basically assume your time your resources your response it basically comes across as I don't care and you're you're going to help me out of this thing. I'm not going to take on responsibility for myself and so I'm going to beg upon you to do this. And in turn, whether they realize it or not, it can make you know you as this person being asked look like this terrible person for not helping when in reality you shouldn't have been asked in the first place. Boom. Mic drop. I think a great way to end this episode is just taking a few minutes to talk about some practical tips or some action items. I love to script myself, meaning I already have some kind of blanket answers that I can pull out at a moment's notice so I'm not completely taken off off guard. But I do love to have some go-to phrases. One of my favorite ones that has really saved a lot of my sanity. Instead of someone coming out and saying, can you do this thing for me? Instead of calling it what it is, they're going to ask something else because psychologically, we're much more likely to say yes if someone asks us for something. So when I get asked, and I quote, can you do me a favor? My answer is not yes or any number of other answers. My answer is depends on what it is. So I have, I have already put down some kind of boundary and it's like, I have, I have 100%. If someone says, can, can you do me a favor or can I ask a favor? My answer is, depends on what it is. And it has saved me so many times because sometimes it's a totally normal ask and other times it's like just off the wall, people are crazy. 
It just still amazes me what certain people will ask of someone that I'm like, really? You're asking that much of them? Really? Um, another suggestion or another, I guess, action item is to write down some times when you feel like you've had a bad boundary or you pushed other people's boundaries. Um, you know, kind of take one or two of those and think it out whether you write it down or not but think through that and process through that of what happened here why was I uncomfortable with it why didn't I say no or why did I push someone else's boundary and take that time to really think it through what could I have done better what am I okay with is this boundary okay or you know I said yes to this and I felt uncomfortable why was I not okay with that um so maybe just take take time. If you really do want to work on your boundaries, you feel like they could use some work, take the time to sit and think about times where you've struggled with setting or pushing other people's boundaries and use that, use that as an example. Use that as um, kind of a measuring tool of how do I navigate things like this in the future. And I'd also just like to point out if you think that you have perfect boundaries and that you are not a problem, that other, like, if you think your boundaries are already great and don't need work, then I'm just going to go ahead and call you out and say you're probably the person that has the issues with boundaries. Like, you're probably the person crossing other people's boundaries and you lack self-awareness. Well, time after time, time after time after time, um, time after time, time after time, um, I have run into people who think that they are the correct one and no, this isn't too much to ask and you should blah, 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 blah. And I have only come across one or two people who were actually correct when they thought that their, their boundaries were okay. Um, the majority of time, there's always something to work on. But I think to Rachel's point, use past experiences whether they were like actual conversations or just feelings that you had to inform the future and odds are if you've been upset by something before it's probably going to happen again and so see if there are themes see if there are patterns and whether it's the person whether it's the type of request whether it's how they ask it could be a totally fine request but if they had asked you a couple days in advance of like let's say, say that you need to ride to the airport or the, the person needs to ride to the airport and they're always asking you like the morning of or the night before and you're like I'm fine to take you to the airport but you're asking at the last second but if they were to ask and say hey I know I have a flight coming up because wow we book things in advance <laughs> you don't say <laughs> but like there's certain things like doctor's appointments like there are certain things that you know about in advance and so maybe ask someone like at least two days out if not upwards of a week out of hey are you able to do this for me and it's going to come across better so maybe it's not the person maybe it's not the situation it's just the timing of how they ask just try and and see if if you've noticed any trends on that so that you can help yourself going forward and then maybe you can anticipate something coming down the pike so to speak and you can head it off what I would say or kind of phrase as buy yourself some time um, so if you get um, a request in whatever format that is and you just don't really know how to respond allow yourself I think I kind of touched on this before 
but allow yourself to have a little bit of a delay in that response. Um, it could be just five minutes to collect your thoughts. You could take an hour. You could put a pin in it for the next day. You don't have to give an immediate response. And so this could be kind of a way to go, hmm, that request came in and that really bothered me. And I'm not sure why. Should I, you know, put my foot down and say, no, I can't, or can I do this? And so it just kind of gives you time to really suss out why you're upset, how best to handle it, how to word things so that you can go about it in the best way. Especially when it's someone who wants something from you and is pushing your boundaries it's kind of mind-blowing to them like that you would actually need time to make a decision and major red flag there if they're not even willing to let you think about it then they've already decided that you should have to do it and in my opinion you should go ahead and say no (laughs) i'm like oh if they if they're asking you with an assumption oh exactly exactly and jordan i think you had written down some resources. Um, I think we're going to have some resources in the notes and there were a few specific ones you wanted to mention. So one of them, it's the boundaries book. Um, From what I've seen, there's kind of like a little bit of a series of boundaries in work, boundaries in dating, boundary in marriage. There might even be a boundaries in friendship. Um, Many of you may already know what we're talking about, but the, um, the Townsend and the it's either like Cloud or McLeod or something like that. I don't know why I can never get his name right. But great books. Um, so if you wanted to get the Boundaries book as a whole or if you have a specific area of your life that you want to be focusing on, um, there's that book. And so when I mentioned how the beginning, at the beginning of this episode, the beginning of that book gives some definitions of terms. So that's where I got the like fences for a house kind of analogy there. Um, So we're going to provide some articles as well in the show notes. You can peruse those. And then ultimately, um, because we want to give you kind of a little bit of a spectrum of resources, because we don't want to assume that there's going to be one size fits all for this. If you want something that is more of a day-to-day help, um, one idea is for you to find a clinician slash therapist um, to work with. Um, there's the resource of psychologytoday.com that you can filter out through insurance types, counseling needs, etc. If you need to literally go, okay, I've, you know, I've got someone who I interact with often or um, I've got this kind of personality bent where I always do this or that, or you just realize that, man, I have, you know, been saying yes or been saying no, and I want to work on that. It doesn't matter what you have found yourself to the point of. Um, Talk to someone. They're going to give you um, space to process through, okay, what was the situation? What bothered you about it? Is there a, a past with this that there's a triggering point or is this just to head that off maybe you are dating someone and you know that you're going to get married and an in-law or a future you know sister-in-law or brother-in-law is not the easiest person to deal with and so you can go hey I'm walking into this relationship I'm not great with this area anyway and this is going to be more prevalent I need to have some ways to go about this so that we can happily coexist so I think what Jordan is maybe not what Jordan, what I am saying, I'm saying get a therapist. If you think you don't need one, you probably still need one. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying you're, you're putting out a lot of uh, energetic statements on this I have, episode. I have strong opinions on boundaries. 
um, that is another resource. I think that we have sufficiently wrapped this episode up. So thank you for your patience if you've made it this far. We hope that you've learned a lot. This could have been a note-taking episode. If you need to re-listen to it, go for it. So thank you again for listening. We really appreciate you guys um, joining us and chatting with us on the the wavelengths. That doesn't even <laughs> make sense. On um, the insert, the correct term here. Jordan Rachel signing off. <laughs>